Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today is going to be a little bit different than we normally do because today we are going to talk about how to have fun. And I know that you might think, why are we talking about fun on a podcast about visibility? But I want you to know that you can have a world of fun and still be visible. And so I want to talk about some creative ways today that you can make that happen for yourself. Maybe some things that you can do at your company or make suggestions to do at your company that I'll share some stories around that I think might be interesting. And I think it's an angle that people don't consider because there is a myth that I want to debunk here today for everyone. Everyone believes that visibility is hard work. It's extra work. I don't have time for it. And so most of the time when they think that way, of course, they're not going to be trying to be visible in any way. They're going to push it off. They're going to put it, you know, at the bottom of their list of things to do. But what if we can find a way to make it fun, to make it easy, and to find ways that you can do it now that you just haven't considered before? So I want to shift your thinking a bit around visibility and how to make it fun for you. So I recently read an article that was called Why Do We Stop Playing by Shannon Watts. And I'll attach the link for you. It was really kind of fascinating. It was about her take on play and how that has evolved over time. And she included a quote in there, a Picasso quote at a museum in Hakon that she saw that said, and this is Picasso talking, it took me a lifetime to paint like a child. Fascinating, right? A famous artist but he wanted to paint more like a child than you might think an adult would like to paint. And I've heard him say a lot of cool things around painting and how he thinks differently as he became an adult. And he's just trying to have that kind of childlike, playful, joyful uh, way about him. He spent his life working to become more playful. (laughs) Yet so many adults, including myself, do the opposite. The older we get, the less playful we become. 
So another quote she has in here is, adults play is often low on our list of priorities. We're living in a world that's more conducive to anxiety than playfulness. In the never-ending to-do list of adulthood, play can feel like a waste of time. We exhaust ourselves with tasks that we should or have to do, but we rarely have time or energy for activities we want to do. And I have definitely seen that for myself. I think many times play is seen as like a childish activity, has no place in the workplace. It doesn't seem aligned with business, I think, in many ways for many leaders. And there's a lot of research, though, that shows incorporating play into the work world can have numerous benefits, including increased productivity, creativity, and overall job satisfaction. And because the concept of play is often associated with childhood, I want you to think about it as an adult because it changes the way that you act and behave and you see things in a different way when you think about play as an adult. It has the power to boost your creativity, reduce your stress, and improve problem-solving skills. And when it comes to the workplace, incorporating play can have a really significant impact on visibility and success. Leaders who are willing to create an environment that allows more fun opens up different conversations, more opportunities for leaders to shine and show their talents. The use of play in the workplace has become increasingly popular. You've probably seen some organizations that you interact with that may be doing some things around this space. Organizations are starting to recognize the benefits of incorporating play into their culture and are implementing initiatives to encourage play and creativity. Embracing play is a way that organizations can increase their visibility, attract top talent, and boost employee morale. So I want to clarify a few things here. Play in the workplace is not just about having fun. It has real benefits that it can improve productivity and creativity. When employees engage in playful activities, they are more likely to be creative and come up with innovative solutions. Play can also reduce stress and improve overall job satisfaction for people because it doesn't feel like work. Sometimes <laughs> I think about roles that I've had where I worked a lot of hours, and I'll share an example in a few minutes here with you, but it just didn't feel like work. It really didn't. So I want you to think what's possible here in the world that we live in today where there's so many things coming at us and so many pieces of information we're trying to wade through and understand trying to understand what our teams are doing, how can we start to shift our thinking and make it more playful? So one of the most significant benefits of play in the workplace is increased productivity. And I want you to think about what would play do for people. They are more focused, motivated, leading to increased productivity. It can improve problem-solving skills. It encourages employees to think outside the box and come up with unique solutions. What if you're the person who comes up with a unique solution that gives visibility to you in a way that you wouldn't have had had you not gone through that exercise? Incorporating play into the workplace can also improve communication and teamwork. When employees engage in playful activities, they're more likely to interact with each other in a positive and supportive manner. It leads to improved collaboration, increased trust, and better overall teamwork. Now, I want to also incorporate how imposter syndrome can play in this a little bit as well. Imposter syndrome, as you know, is very common and a lot of employees face it. It's the feeling that you're not good enough or that you don't deserve your success, which leads to decreased confidence and productivity. But play can be an important tool to put into your toolbox, right, for overcoming imposter syndrome. 
When employees engage in playful activities, they're more likely to feel confident and capable because they're playing. They're just like their kids again. They don't have to worry about what they're saying, what they're doing. They don't put so much pressure on themselves. It can help them realize that they're capable of success and can overcome their self-doubt. Incorporating play into the workplace, organizations can help their employees overcome imposter syndrome and boost their confidence simply by doing something a little out of the box. Now, I wanted to share this quick story with you because I thought it was a great example of this. So one year at the company, I don't know, it was probably three to four years before I left, our IT organization decided to do something fun as a friendly competition. So each department within IT was given a conference room on our floor. So we had our own space within the building. Each of us was given a conference room. So there was probably, I don't know, seven or eight different departments given a conference room to decorate in some sort of holiday theme. And if memory serves, I think we had a week or so to plan this out, but we couldn't take over the conference room until like the night before because people were using the conference rooms. And so that night before the judging was going to happen, we all took our conference rooms and turned them into like a little winter wonderland or a Christmas thing or a different holiday theme, whatever that theme was that that group came up with. So this was a friendly competition, but, you know, a lot of IT people (laughs) and a lot of people in organizations in general have, you know, some competitive side to them. And so we all took it seriously and we all wanted to win. So there were decorations galore, lights, blow up figures. I mean, there were so many concepts that were brought to life in that experience. And this to me was a great example of bringing in play and fun to the workplace. It was a great opportunity to involve so many people, even if they hadn't found visibility before, Their ideas were brought to life. They collaborated. They showed a different side of them through this experience. Leading, organizing, planning, creativity were all used by everybody. And we all had to come together as a group to be able to make it, you know, successful. Now, I'm happy to say that my group under Steve Mentert, so he was a guest on episode 74, my previous boss, we won that top prize. And I have pictures of that. I just need to find them. (laughs) But we created a cool house and we had the blow up things outside the room and all kinds of lights and stuff inside. It was really kind of cool. So I wanted to just give you that example of something that you could do, you know, for a holiday event, or you could do it for some other big thing that's happening at your organization, but find a way to make it fun. Because employee engagement is a critical factor in the success of any organization. Engaged employees are more productive, more creative, more committed to their work. Incorporating play into the workplace is a powerful tool for increasing employee engagement. Playful activities are going to help people feel more connected to their work and their colleagues. When employees are engaged in playful activities, they're more likely to feel a sense of ownership over their work, more committed to the organization's goals, which leads to increased productivity, improved satisfaction, and reduced turnover. Now, we've all seen a lot of things about employee morale and how that can be a little challenging, especially during the pandemic, post-pandemic. There's been a lot of discussions around that. So if there's a way that we can try to build up some of the happiness and motivation for employees, it's going to lead to them being more productive and engaged. It's a powerful tool for boosting morale and team building. So I want you to think about this story that I'm going to share with you here. This was when I was working in Georgia, and it was our distribution center there. And it was at a time when a lot of us had... um, maybe been like three to five years out of college, I'll say. And so there was a lot of people who were on the younger side who worked there all together. We worked a lot of hours. 
and we spend a lot of time together. And so we tended to take these opportunities to celebrate big events. If someone was having a baby or someone was getting married or having a birthday, we made it a big deal. And we brought people together as a group to do that. If someone was going away, uh, we had a party for that. They even threw me a surprise party when I got my MBA. The leadership at this location really supported this. Her name is Holly Mori, and she knew how much we were going through as an organization. The amount of change, the amount of work we were doing was incredible. So she created this amazing culture. And for Halloween, as an example, we dressed up as the Brady Bunch. I was Cindy Brady. But as a group, we went all out and found our outfits and def- you know decided what we were going to be, how we were going to dress. People decorated their cubes and office area. We just had a great experience doing that. And it gave everybody a chance to participate and be part of these celebrations. So to me, it's about creating a culture that is open to doing things differently and creating the experiences that bonded us together. Now, when that leader left that organization that I was in, everything changed. Everything became super, uh, I will say, strict, (laughs) more structured. There was no play, no play at all anymore. And it really impacted the morale of the organization and the employees' engagement. I think it just felt very, very different. And it's probably what you would see in more traditional organizations. And so I think what we had originally under Holly was special. It's not the norm. It's unique, but it made such a difference for us. And I talked to all of those people today, all of them. So it created a bond that is really incredible. So think about that for your organization. Maybe there's opportunities to do something similar to make a difference, to make a difference in morale and employee engagement. So there are many examples of companies that have embraced play and thrived as a result. One example is Google. They're known for their playful culture and innovative approach to work. They have game rooms and creative workspace designs that have become iconic. And the company has consistently been ranked as one of the best places to work. Another company that you might you know, associate with fun is Lego. They've built their entire brand around play and creativity. Obviously, they're a toy company. And so they have some interesting ways of doing marketing and product design. And it's really helped the company become one of the most successful toy manufacturers in the world. They even have, you know, if you go to Disney, they have a, a Lego world there. There's all kinds of things that they have incorporated outside of just, you know, shipping toys, making toys for children. They've created a whole world of Lego outside of the walls of their company. So I wanted to share some tips and techniques for you to unleash your creativity for yourself, first of all. Creativity is not limited to just a select few. I think I used to believe that. I've now learned that that's not true. It's a skill that can be nurtured and developed. And so I wanted to just share a few ideas with you for you to start thinking about your own creativity and how you can embrace it in a bigger way for yourself. The first one is embrace a growth mindset. Believe that creativity can be cultivated and that you have the ability to think outside the box when it comes to you and your brand. What can you experiment with that you haven't tried before to be more visible? What can you see others doing that maybe you want to adapt in your own way or to incorporate some things differently than you've done for them to see you differently? Seek inspiration. Surround yourself with different sources of inspiration, such as art, music, nature, and different cultures. So my example here is I am taking an art class. And for those of you who read the book, I talk about I couldn't draw a straight line. I couldn't do anything in the world of creativity at all. I just believed that was not something that was possible for me. 
And what I love is how this class has opened me up to see what is possible in terms of my own creativity. Now, this class is geared to entrepreneurs to get us out of our logical thinking brains and focus on creativity, but it is so much fun and it's helping me focus on my creative side in so many unexpected ways. It's just opening up new ideas for me all the time. And what I'm creating is so, so cool. Like things that I'm showing my kids that I've done, you know, they're just really impressed that I've been able to put that together because I think, you know, I told them a story that I wasn't creative for a long time. So it's just fun for me to explore that. And I wanted to share that with you. Practice different thinking. For example, challenge yourself for three minutes to generate as many ideas as you can to be more visible, but add the fun element into it. Now, nothing is off the table. There's no judgment ever, but just push yourself to set a clock for three minutes and focus on that and see what you can come up with. Now, even if you only come up with one or two ideas, it's more than what you had before. And then the last one is collaborate and share ideas. Engage in brainstorming sessions with colleagues or join creative communities to exchange ideas and gain new perspectives. How could you have a group visibility partnership that works together to come up with fun ideas to be more visible? You know, I always think about, you know, more, more minds together can come up with more ideas, obviously. So what could you do with that angle of fun and maybe change the way that they show up and you show up together? So implementing these techniques can help tap into your creative potential, unleash innovative ideas, because personal branding is crucial for leaders. It's the process of creating a unique identity that sets you apart from the rest, helps you identify your professional goals and achieve them. In today's highly competitive world, personal branding is more important than ever. I coach so many people on personal branding now. It's one of the biggest topics that we have because they need to understand how they're showing up. And once they understand that, they have to decide if they like it or not. So it's not just about having a good reputation, but also how can they be more visible? How can they be more memorable to the audience that they're in front of, their management, their direct reports, their peers, their clients? So there's a lot of things here that I want you to think about in terms of your own personal branding. How do you want to inject fun into it and creativity that will help you boost your visibility? I also wanted to share a little bit about amplifying your personal brand around this. So if you are seen as someone who's very serious, very intense, but that's not who you are outside the workplace, (laughs) try to find ways to blend between who you are outside of work and how you are inside of work. It takes a lot of energy to, let's say that you are a lot of fun outside of work. You do a lot of fun things, very creative, adventurous things. But when you come into work, you kind of put on a different persona. It takes a lot of energy to do that. So I want you to try to find ways to blend both of your worlds if they are very different from how you are in each of those worlds. If you can blend them together, it helps you show up more authentically It makes it more memorable and shareable for people to see who you are. And when you inject fun and creativity into your personal brand, people are more likely to remember you. They're more likely to see you as a person that they want to connect with. It helps build more trust and loyalty within your organization so that people can start to see who you are in a bigger way. One or two of these ideas may be something that you hadn't considered or maybe you have, but How can you use humor or fun into the things that you talk about or you write? So maybe you use a funny meme, for example, or a video, or if you do social media posts, talk about ways to incorporate your personality and values. 
How can you host fun events or webinars that showcase your expertise in a fun and engaging way? You can also use fun and creative visuals, infographics, animations to showcase your content in a unique way. I always think about whenever I present things, I try to think about the audience and not putting tons and tons of words on the page, but trying to use pictures, trying to use ways that the technology is there now to do some things like build a word cloud with people's reactions to a question I ask them, for example, or other things that you can do to build out fun. People remember those things because they want to interact. They don't want to just be talked to all the time. Fun can have a positive impact on your personal brand authenticity. When you inject fun and creativity into your personal brand, you're showcasing your personality and values in a unique way. So this can help establish a more authentic and genuine image that people can trust and rely on. Fun can also connect you with your team, peers, and management on a deeper level, which can help you build stronger relationships with them. Obviously, that helps you get more opportunities, helps you be seen in a different way for potentially promotions or leading a team if you're not leading one now. It changes the way people see you. So I hope this has given you some ideas to consider for yourself. Now let's go into today's visibility action step. I want you to think of yourself as a product. We talked about personal brand a little bit. I don't think we always consider what is our personal brand. And if we thought of ourselves as a product, how would we market ourselves to other people? What are we known for? What are our strengths? What are our features and benefits? How do we add value? And how can you take all those amazing things about you and how you see yourself and begin to show them in a new fun way? So sometimes it helps if we kind of take ourselves out of the picture. That's why I said, if you can think of yourself as a product, what would you do differently? How would you talk about yourself differently? How would you share information about the things that you're doing and the things that you can do differently because of that? I hope this has given you some new ideas on how to be fun and playful in the workplace and for your visibility at the same time. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.